On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, Devontae Smith thinks he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL heading into 2023. Is he? How many other top 10 players do the Eagles have heading into this season? All that and more on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us a part of your day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri, my co-host. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. May 30th. Gino, right now it's kind of just podcast row for a lot of these players with OTAs going on, you know, so it was interesting to hear Devontae Smith now jumped on a podcast, and Devontae I feel like is, I wouldn't say quiet, but comparatively speaking to some of the personalities on this team, he seems a little more reserved and definitely mature for his age as a, you know, now a third year receiver. He hopped on a podcast last week and made a, now I don't think it's a bold claim, but I was just surprised he said it. He says he's a top 10 wide receiver, and I don't know, man. It's hard to disagree with that after the season that he had and the season he had in 2021 as a rookie when Jalen Hurts wasn't nearly the quarterback as a passer he was last year. So I totally agree with what he said. If he's not in that conversation already, he's going to be there within the next year, and it would, it'll probably take off towards the end of this year. And the yeah. reason why you can throw him in that conversation is because if you look at his makeup, he's an outlier by every stretch of the imagination, right? He's physically, un- sure. Physically yeah. underweight. He's physically undersized. But at the same time, he's an elite-level route runner. He has yeah. butter soft hands. He can get in and out of his breaks in the blink of an eye. He plays way bigger than he actually is. He does mm-hmm. all of the little stuff well when it comes to blocking, when it comes to that stuff that Chip Kelly really lauded in his wide receivers. But no, when you look at Devontae, I truly think he should be right in that Jamar Chase conversation, right? He doesn't have that gaudy number season that Jamar Chase had and the potential offensive rookie of the year, but Devontae Smith still came into that offense, Lou, solidified himself very early as the number one over guys that have been there for a while and guys that, unbeknownst to themselves, maybe played themselves out of a job. Yeah. But Devontae Smith came in here and – usually not always rookie wide receivers it takes maybe a year it takes maybe two years to get into the to the running of everything but right away he came in and you saw why you can look at this kid and say he's going to be a top 10 guy because right away he outran everybody on this team when it came to routes his intermediate and his downfield ability you can use him over the middle of the field which a guy at his size you you look at him and you're saying do i really want to throw it to him over the middle yeah of you the look field? at him gino and it's and not a player that you say man he does, he's yeah. not afraid of it you're spot on with every trait that you said about Devonte. 100 correct but when you just look at him if you didn't know who he was you wouldn't say he's somebody that can make contested catches just as good as A.J. Brown or just as good as Alshon Jeffrey did back in the day or Terrell Owens or some of these elite tight ends that you've had, and yet he is that guy. And you look at his frame overall, I I totally agree with him being a top 10 wide receiver. In fact, you know, I would go as far as saying if I was starting a team, I think the majority of 
people agree that A.J. Brown, the Eagles already have another top 10 wide receiver on their roster. But I would go as far as saying, even over A.J. Brown, outside of Justin Jefferson and probably Jamar Chase, if I'm a general manager and I have the pick of every receiver in the league and I'm starting a franchise today and you combine age, skill set, everything together, I think the only two receivers I'm taking over Devontae are Chase and Jefferson. And I think he showed down the stretch with his release, his route running, contested catch ability, the speed, run after the catch. Again, he doesn't look like a do-it-all receiver, but he truly is. And I think the sky's the limit for him in year three. And we talk about Jordan Davis on the defensive side of the ball being a unicorn, right? Well, yeah. Devontae Smith is a unicorn in the opposite direction, right? You right. don't see this guy that just mossed and has mossed multiple big-time cornerbacks. I mean, being at that game where he goes up and he just dogs Patrick Sertain on that yeah. jump ball. In or look Denver. at the multiple contested catches against Dallas for the Christmas game this year. I mean, it, it's across his he body. walked out of that game alive after after those plays. There's a reason field, his nickname's right, the Luke? Slim Reaper, man. I, mean, or I used to call him Kevin Durant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that was a great point. When you look at him, you're not thinking a football player. You're thinking, like, what lottery pick is this guy going to be with these yeah, long arms right, and this right. basketball-style frame? But when you're compiling that basketball team, man, you got to take a look at this guy who just has unbelievable handles and stays on his feet no matter what. When he's pressed by bigger cornerbacks, he's still able to clear the hands, get back into his route stem. And, yeah. I the cleanest love, receivers you can have in the game right now. I love what you said, that if you were to start a franchise over one of right. those young rookie wide receivers that, let's say, is still on their rookie deal, I mean, you have to take one of those three. And, you know, I love Devontae Smith as much as anybody. He was my favorite of the four Alabama receivers. And why was that? It, it wasn't just to say it. It was because he embodied and encapsulated what all three of the other guys did, like his downfield receiving yeah. ability of Henry Ruggs and his ability to get in and out of his breaks, like a guy like Jalen Waddle and his pure or route Jerry running Judy. ability yeah. of Jerry Judy. Right. He really did everything at a 165 pounds. And That's the thing, Gino, is like surreal. if you were going to say – you know, build me a wide receiver in the lab. What can they do? Devontae Smith would come out. You just probably mm. wouldn't expect him to look like that. Yeah, you'd so, make him look like Julio Jones. If right, exactly. Look like somebody, but he does all the same things that exactly Julio he does, does everything. Right? And that's that's the crazy part. But that's also why you can't always judge a book by its cover. And the fact that there was any takes in the draft that there were concerns about this kid is, I think, insane. And so, yeah, I, I mm. totally agree with him that he's a top ten receiver and. Yeah, again, outside of Jefferson and Chase, I don't know who I would take over him. Like, Jalen Waddell has been incredible these last two years, and Jerry mm -hmm. Judy, I think, you know, has been held back, and there's a lot of great young receivers in the game, DK Metcalf and, you know, Terry McLaurin, and the list goes on, of course, and you have veteran stars like Tyreek Hill and, you know, Devontae Adams, and the Eagles have another one in A.J. Brown, but when you combine age, when you combine skill set and just overall mental makeup, I think it's a no-brainer that he's one of the top receivers any team would take to start a, a, a team with. So Devontae Adams is easily my favorite receiver, I think, right. the, the favorite receiver of many, and, and there's a reason why. When you're learning to scout the wide receiver position or any position, you look at the best that do it, right? And yeah. I looked at Devontae Adams, and you're watching Devontae Smith, and you're saying, man, if he was maybe like 30 pounds heavier, maybe like an inch taller, that's Devontae Adams. Devontae's going to take over. Like Devontae Adams, I feel like, has been the best route runner probably in the game over the last, what, five years, Gino? Mm -hmm. Now that he's, you know, 30 plus years old and considering the state with the Raiders, and 
Devontae is going to be that guy for a long time where I think eventually we're going to be saying he's the best route runner in the NFL. I look at Stefan Diggs and say, if you can have Diggs, that trajectory yeah. of a career, right, sure. that you're any day of the week, you take that with Devontae Smith. And yeah. with the wide receiver position, I think it's one of those things where it's it's clear to know that this guy's either going to succeed for quite some time or they're not. Like the, the domination factor is truly there. You look at yeah. the, the Dallas Cowboys when they had Des Bryant going against the Eagles. It's like, this guy's not going anywhere anytime soon. And like, nobody can stop this guy. He's way too big. Nobody can defend him in his routes. He can't be taken out over the middle. And then they go and do it and they bring in CeeDee Lamb. And it's like, yeah, you can see that dominant factor in these guys and why they want to bring them in. And I'm glad the Eagles went into that department because they never really were there for most of the 2000s outside of the Terrell Owens year. A couple years of Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, maybe one year of Alshon, but now you're going all in. Like, What do wide receivers have to do really well? Run good routes, get downfield, have exceptional hands, and who does that? Both Devontae and, Smith know, and A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown is a, a unicorn in his own right and a player that we've rarely seen the Eagles ever have, but you could kind of compare him to Terrell Owens or mm-hmm. you know what Harold Carmichael did back in the day. You could also say Alshon had some of those strengths. Devontae Smith, have they ever really had a receiver like that? I mean, a pure separator question. of that point? Because like, there are other elite receivers in the past. Terrell Owens was definitely an elite route runner, but he was more like an A.J. Brown type. Maybe and a Alshon was Macklin. I mean, yeah, maybe like 2014 when... Macklin because it wasn't DJX was elite, but again, it was mm-hmm. he was a deep threat. Did they ever have like a, a Devonte? It's probably Macklin is the closest. That's probably the right answer. Yeah, you would have to look at, at the way Jeremy played too. Was he yeah. ever that that four four pure burner? Is Devonte that type of guy? No, but they know how to separate yeah. because they're going to style wise. You're probably right with Macklin. Yeah, yeah just a, a little bit different on the frame and build when you're mm-hmm. talking about the two. But of course, you can't really compare Devonte yeah. Smith to anybody. No, else. no, okay. maybe you yourself, Lou. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Devonte's going to be eligible for a contract extension very soon. I don't think the Eagles love that, wait man. too yeah. long to to give him the bag for sure. Speaking of top 10 players on the Eagles, the Eagles have a lot more top 10 players, and they have a lot of players at the same position that you can make the argument are top 10 players in their position. So we're going to get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try these if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices for the summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've just got the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs as well. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so good. Why? Because they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but these dark bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you on Lockdown Eagles to order your built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club while you still can also get your specialty flavors at built.com that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puff if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank us later we thank built bar for sponsoring the locked on eagles podcast today 
All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Shout out to the everydayers for making us a part of your day, your first listen every single day. Gino, in segment one, we were talking about what Devontae Smith said on a podcast last week that he thinks he's a top 10 wide receiver, and we both completely agree with that. I think for the long term of his future, that's going to be the case. I would go as far as saying there's only two receivers I'd rather have to start a team other than Devontae, it'd be Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. But Devontae's not the only guy that's a top 10 player on this Eagles roster at his respective position. And he's not the only player, I think, at his own position, at wide receiver. Uh, with A.J. Brown, wouldn't you agree? Probably, right? You would have to say It's not so. even close, I don't I mean, think. you put them in the, the same number if it's eight, right. A, 8, B. They're, they're exactly. Right there. And so, Gino, what I, when I, we were talking about that topic first, my brain started to go to because A.J. Brown's also a top 10 guy, and then you start thinking about the other positions, it's like, man, they actually have quite a number of positions where they have two guys that you can make the argument are top 10 at their position. That you could say probably four positions. How many other teams in the NFL have that kind of luxury? Even San Francisco, some of these other loaded rosters, I don't think they have that. I look at left tackle, right tackle. I think you have a top Mylata 10 and lane. Yeah. right there. Easy. You look at wide receiver, 100%. Um, running back, I would say no. Tight end, you just have Cornerback, one. Cornerback, 100%. I mean, at least last year, they were both top 10. And you could make the argument that they have a, the best trio and maybe a, a top three overall slot corner in Avante Maddox. I mean, if right. you want to bring that into the conversation. And you could say, I mean, with Edge... I don't think Josh Sweat's top 10. It's close, but you can say 15. it's the best duo of edge rushers in the league. Yeah, of pure mix and match, like one you could put in the ground, three yeah. down type of guy in Josh Sweat. Son Reddick, you could stand him up, put him just about anywhere. They're right. all going to win with speed to power. They're going to win with their speed and good counters. And frankly, I mean, if you're doing an expansion draft, those two guys are within the top 30 picks on the defensive line. I oh, mean, yeah. if not Easy. earlier, if not earlier. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you could kind of cheat a little bit and say they have two top 10 interior offensive linemen with Land Dickerson and Jason Kelsey. Right. You know if you want to move, if you want to cheat and just say, you know, they're interior. More. Yeah, right. But you look at that and if you count that, that'd be, you know, three to four positions mm -hmm. where the Eagles have potentially two top 10 players at that spot. And so I tried going around the NFL and like looking at rosters and I could say, okay, you know, San Francisco is a top 10, you know, whatever. And, you know, you could say, you know, another team has top 10 corners or mm -hmm. you know top 10 edge rushers, but I don't think any team has as many combinations as the Eagles do. I mean, just going down the list, I think Miami has a good case at, at the edge right. position. You got Bradley Chubb. There's your number one. You I could mean, say maybe corner with Howard and Ramsey. Potentially corner. Um, man, you could you could play this game forever and just go through. Quite yeah, I mean, like the Chargers have team, Mac right? and Bosa, but mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like a bunch of teams, I'm sure have a, a couple positions where they have duos of stars. But again, the Eagles have like three to four spots where that was 100 the case last year and is projected to be again in 2023. It'll be interesting to see how that works out, right? Because it yeah. is the drop off if if something does happen so much worse than a team where maybe it isn't that yeah. star heavy, but they just have. Where a bunch would you of predict the drop off is of those four spots that I mentioned? Is it probably Bradbury? No, I, I think corner. You you have enough depth there. Hmm. 
But if you're looking at, at all those positions and say, okay, if one of those guys goes down, it has to be tackle. I think tackle's just in it in its own right. You you don't have like a third great premier tackle, but there are teams that have, and obviously in Philadelphia have great front fours and front fives and have multiple edge rushers, multiple interior guys. But you look at tackle. I mean, one of those guys goes down, something bad can seriously happen. But I, I'm going to be hard pressed to see another team have as good of a left tackle and a right tackle combination and yeah. who has as good, or even if you have that good of a duo, do they differ that much like AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, where I look at Cincinnati, right? With their wide receivers, Lou, all of those guys kind of do exactly the same thing. In my opinion, like they're bigger bodied. They all are very good route runners. Like with Devontae and AJ, you're getting two completely different styles of play at a time, right? Mm. And and that's why I, I like to have the basketball team approach because we saw when you're a one-size-fits-all, like speed, 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 size, 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 where that yeah. can get you. So that, that's an interesting conversation to say, like, where does it fit in the terms of the NFL when it comes to overall skill, but at the same time, how do they do it, right? Because there's so many ways to skin a cat. Like at cornerback, you could look at Miami and you say you got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. I mean, Xavier's not the size of Jalen Ramsey, but Philadelphia Eagles, it's James Bradbury, Darius Slay, who were very similar makeup, one, mm-hmm. long, rangy, aren't the best runners, but can still keep up with you because of their good technician and their precision, right? As yeah. opposed to Jalen Ramsey, who's just an all-star athlete, and Xavier Howard's smaller shift. He can keep up with different types of receivers, and that's why team building is so fascinating because you're sitting there and saying they, they let Chauncey Gardner-Johnson walk, but they must love the idea of having two elite size guys on the outside. They don't oh, want to sure. change that paradigm. They saw that it worked. Let's keep doing that, well, right? You know, that's the, the reason why. And that's the good thing about you know these top ten duos they have. Look at the positions they're at. It's at tackle. Mm-hmm. You could say it's at the interior of the offensive line. You could say it's at the cornerback position. You could say it's about wide receiver. It's the spots that again where they don't have those types of players, or at least they aren't guaranteed to have multiple guys there. It's spots that mm-hmm. they're going to be okay at, even if they didn't have those players. You can still elevate this team to a certain ceiling. You know what I mean? So uh, it's super interesting, and yeah, it's been a long time since you can say that there's been a lot of Eagles rosters where, you know, we went into the off season and we made the take. This is the best they've looked at this spot since blank. You know what I mean? Like we've had a lot of those takes on this podcast for sure, but I don't remember the last time I ever said like they have multiple top 10 players at these positions. And you could say that about like three to four spots. It's pretty unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. it's why the Eagles have such high expectations. And that's how we're going to wrap up this show. I want to talk about expectations with Gino for the 2023 season coming up next right here on this Tuesday edition of the locked on Eagles podcast. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. We were talking about how many top 10 players the Eagles have at certain positions. They have, spoiler alert, a lot of them heading into the 2023 season. It's why they have Super Bowl expectations yet again. That's really no surprise to or no new thing for a lot of Eagles fans, young and old. And whether the expectations were well-deserved or not, the offseason where the Eagles are hyped, that is something we're very used to. And we did a lot of podcasts last year, Gino, where we talked about expectations after an incredible offseason where they signed Hassan Reddick and they trade for A.J. Brown, they land Kazir White, trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, the list goes on and on. They actually met those expectations and exceeded them. 2023, 
their expectations might be even higher because they set the standard last year where they make the Super Bowl. This year's roster looks different, but it looks just as talented, if not more potential. And what's interesting, man, is like last year was actually the first, and we'll see if it happens again this year. Last time was the last year was the first time in a long time they had like legitimate championship aspirations or expectations, and they met that goal and exceeded it. You know what I mean? Like maybe we weren't saying they were going to win the Super Bowl last year, but their expectations heading into September were through the roof from the national media and fans. And again, they got all the way to the Super Bowl. Whereas really since the early 2000s, what other offseason where the Eagles were hyped, did they actually meet those expectations? Like, cause the Super Bowl never. year, they weren't expected to do that. They, they, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't justified and maybe that's why they never met them, but they had never, never done what they did last year. There was always that one episode of sports center where Chris Berman would come on and he would do his prediction of the Super Bowl. And every year you're talking about, he would pick the Philadelphia Eagles. Right? Somebody like, would oh, at least, here they right? go. I mean, wild card exit, like round one. They're, yeah, they're going 2011, out and, 2015, mm, 2018, exactly. and 19. There was always at least one, maybe not everybody was taking the Eagles. Like they would take the Patriots or the Chiefs now, but they always had at least a couple picks and they, yeah, again, they, it's probably because they, it wasn't justified. They never done it before, but they never met the expectations they did last year. And this year, I think they will. It's the same team. It's the same guys. That's why having this conversation is very nuanced to me, Lou, because the guys over at Lockdown NFL, which you should watch next over here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, they were having this conversation the other day and your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders was saying he's like, the Eagles have lost a lot. And you look at their situation and you look at the, the schedule is going to be harder and all the talking points that everybody's already mentioned that are outside of Lockdown Eagles, right? But then you look back at the history. How many people are bringing that 2011 season into the conversation, right? How many people are bringing 2015? There's a reason the roster and everything looks that way is because they've gone through that. Yes, this should be very good. This should drive like a Ferrari. But no, this car drives like a 1989 Oldsmobile that has 300,000 miles on it. They've been there before, right? They know what the expectations are and how to get there. They have the leadership, the talent, the top 10 duos that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. the coaches in place, the right system to compete in today's National Football League. And what's one thing that those other teams that we were talking about that had the expectations, which never met them, didn't have an elite quarterback. That's going to take you so much farther in this league. And you look back on those seasons like, Really, we thought Sam Bradford was going to give us anything like as good as Michael yeah. Vick was. It's like the guy's towards the end of his career here. We I get the Vick and Wentz expectations, good. but yeah, the Bradford one never made any sense. Yeah, and no. you know the, the other thing they had, and, Kevin and the other Cobb. thing they had was cohesion, like continuity. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the 2011 team, it, it was brand new. Um, right. Especially, well, more so on the defensive side of the football, which tends to be the theme with this team. Uh, 2015, it was a brand new football team. 2018 and 2019, there was a lot of change after the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Whereas this year, yes, the roster looks a little bit different, but the majority of the core is intact. And so you add what you said, the elite quarterback, you mentioned the continuity. You look at they've actually done it before. That's why I'm confident this team is going to meet expectations again this year as opposed to those other off seasons when they really never did that. And so that's why, honestly, you look at, they haven't really met expectations like that since the early 2000s. Why, though? Because it actually made sense 
to put those expectations on the Eagles those years because they were doing it consistently. And what do they keep doing? They kept making deep, deep playoff runs. So that's why I think this team's going to end up more like those years as opposed to, you know, the 2010s, because it's mm. justified for a number of reasons why the expectations are placed. Whereas a lot of those years, it was more so just offseason season that were formed to, you know, just keep things exciting. And, you know, it was based on free agency and a lot of exciting moves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this this year, the, the expectations are completely justified. Well, look at how those early 2000s teams were built, right? Like, you have a very good offensive line, a very good defensive line. You have yeah. one of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League. And the roster the didn't expectations really were. Much. It didn't. The continuity was there. Your coaching staff was the same, right? Like that's that's the type of expectations we want, Lou. We're we yeah. want to be, let's say, a little farther along than Buffalo is currently. Like we want to win a Super Bowl, but where you're with Sean McDermott, where it's like, all right, our expectation, we're getting to the AFC Championship game this year. We have to beat Kansas City. That's what I want to be every year because that's when this sport is the best, and that's what we talked about. Those yeah. who grew up in that early 2000s and the late 90s with the Cunningham years, and even 2017 and beyond that. When you have the expectations, you either sink or swim. And in the yeah, National a lot Football more pressure League, with it for sure. You don't want to be somebody that might be able to swim. If the conditions are right, you want to find out in the roughest of waters, much like the Eagles did last year at the worst possible time, though, Lou, if they can compete with the big dogs, that expectation is there this year. That's the only expectation is that you are not just competing with the big dogs, but you are one of the big dogs. For sure. And again, there is more pressure that comes with that. But if any team is equipped to handle that, it's this team. So that's why I honestly feel the least amount of skepticism for myself about Eagles expectations Agreed. than I ever have based on 2023. Even last year I was skeptical because I didn't, I knew they were going to be a playoff team. I didn't think they could be a Super Bowl contender if Jalen Hurts didn't mm-hmm. take that step. And I didn't think he would take that as everybody knows. And you look at, you know, 2019, I love that team, but you know, there were still holes on that defense that you were skeptical of. And you look at the same thing with 2018 and 2011 and 2015 were fun, but there was so much change. It was like, you know, are we really expecting them to win a ring this year? Whereas mm. this year, it's like, I'm super calm about the pressure and the expectations. I'm right there with you. And if you're not, then you shouldn't be competing in this league, right? The, that's yeah. the middle territory that we always talk about. If you're worried to compete against those big dogs and you're saying, oh, let's go 10 and 7 this year. Let's go 9 and 8. That's when you get into the Sam Bradford seasons. That's when coaches get fired. That's when GM turnover happens. You don't want to be there. When you're in this conversation, yes, the the flame is a little bit brighter underneath the hot seat. You're going to have to meet those expectations. But the people that they have there have faced this exact situation before. And they're at the champs. Like N'Kobe Dean said, there's right. not the hunted suddenly. There's still the hunters. Mm. They don't have a ring. You know what I mean? This is not yeah, the they're part of the pack, season. man. They're yeah. they're not that lone wolf, that alpha wolf no. that everybody. And they did it once. Get. That's the other thing. Like mm-hmm. this this team, I'm not trying to like demean or like yeah, discredit it. Suck, man. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like they did it one time. Like to suddenly say right. like they're the Kansas City Chiefs, where like they should be the team everybody's hunting. Like obviously they are going to be one of them, and they're the most talented roster in football. But you know it's not like this is a dynasty team like New England. So there aren't these like expectations that are so high it's just you know every single day people are talking about this team and you know they can't get out of the, the light kind of like in 2018 and that definitely hit that roster that that mm-hmm. affected that team I, I don't think that'll be the case this year for sure 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers for making us your first listen of the day, Monday through Friday. We're always talking birds on Twitter as well. After the show, hit us up at DBSCLOE and at GC24 underscore football. Plus, our show page is at Locked on Birds, and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the podcast. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.